if optimizing your body is your goal, your physique is your goal, then you're not going into a gym to lift weights and use machines. That is not your goal. Granted, that's what you're going to do when you go in there, but that is not the goal of going into a gym. The goal of going into a gym is to simply challenge muscles. Meet your host, Andy Naylor. Andy is a men's physique transformation expert, competitive physical champion, and a multi-six-figure business owner who has helped thousands of busy, high-achieving men get into the best shape of their lives and reconnect with their inner alpha. On this show, Andy is going to share with you his playbook on feeling healthy again, avoiding the common pitfalls successful men fall into, dropping 20 to 30 pounds of fat, and building a physique you can finally be proud of. And the transformations aren't just physical either. You're going to learn how meeting your personal goals will help support your professional achievements, giving you that true alpha mentality. Let's go. My name is Andy Naylor. I am founder and CEO of Naylor Body Design and host of the Optimal Alpha podcast. Welcome back to the show, Alphas. So, this is uh, a bonus onto the training series. There was something else that I wanted to talk about that didn't fit into the first five episodes of the, the initial training series that we've been doing. And I wanted to do this bonus for you because I'm nice like that, right? So, um, but before we do that, um, shout out. So, Big Gunner 97, <laughs> cool name, uh, has left us a five star review. Andy and his team are very knowledgeable and are good at the job they do, very patient and determined to make you the best uh, they can, would be highly recommended. We thank you very much for that. Thank you very much for taking the time to, one, um, listen to the show, much appreciated, Big Gunner 97, and also to leave us a review. Very much appreciated. So leave us a review and you'll get a shout out, or there's a chance that you'll get a shout out at the beginning of one of these shows. So today's topics, today's bonus, still talking around training. So what we're going to talk about here is simple. Um, three topics, well, three areas of the same topic. So we're going to talk about exercise execution, exercise execution. Like, so first of all, what is it? What is exercise execution? We could also call that form. Most people would know that as form, right? So what is exercise execution? Why does it even matter? And can we maybe put some examples in front of you where you can kind of get your head around a few things? This is a very deep topic. And quite a visual topic, to be fair. So if you're listening to us on the podcast, not that I can really show a huge amount um, on, on video, but you will find this on YouTube as well. All of these are on YouTube if you want to actually sit and watch me do these. Maybe, because given that I actually record these with a whiteboard behind me, maybe we'll have to get the whiteboard out at some point and start doing some of those, which would be super, super cool. So um, what is exercise execution? So it's your form. It's the form. You would know it as like, the form in which you're doing the movement. Um, it's how you move. Simply how you move is your form. We could also say it's the intention of the movement. Okay. What are you intending to do? Are you just moving? Are you intending to kind of get a result from it? it we would also say it's the position that you put your body in. And it's the position you can maintain your body in while going through the movement. We can break form down into probably many, many areas uh, without going too far. The ones we're going to look at are going to be a couple of things like setup, stability, tempo, initiation, and range. Setup. 
So just to give you a bit of an understanding, not, not everybody's body is the same shape and size. Not every machine is made, if we're using machines, not every machine is made to fit everybody. So how you set up a machine is going to affect the form, the angles, the path of resistance, your ability to control the load through the movement. Remember, the goal is not just move the fucking machine. It's contract a muscle against the load. So how you set up the exercise, the angles, the stability of your body so that you can produce force, that's very much part of form. So stability is the next point. Here's a really good example. Your goal, your goal is to be as stable as possible when you're doing a movement. The more stable you can make the, the joints and the body parts around the thing that you're moving, the more force you can produce. The best analogy is this. Picture a lake. Picture yourself a nice big lake, few trees around the outside, and it's pretty calm. And in the middle of a lake sits a fucking great raft, right? So it's a pretty big raft, but it, nonetheless, it's a raft. Sitting on the raft somehow is now a cannon, okay? Right? Right? On, on a raft, in a lake, cannon, okay? Now, the cannon fires. What the fuck happens? Does the cannon fire and send the cannonball to the furthest that it possibly could? Or is there every chance because of the instability of where the cannon is, i.e. it's fucking floating, the, the cannon's going to go flying back in the other direction and the ball is going to go half as far as it would do. The cannon cannot produce as much force as it is capable because it's instable. Now that is happening in everything that we do in terms of our training. If you cannot stabilize the, the bones, the body parts around the thing that you're trying to create, uh, contract, then bye-bye stability. Okay, then we've got things like tempo. Now, this is a really interesting area because everybody, everybody, like people train really fast, super fast. People count reps, not make the reps count. Such an old saying, but my fucking God, it's so true. People count reps, they don't make the reps count. People's tempo is all out of shit. When I see someone training with the right tempo, it looks so good. And I want to walk up to them and go, fucking quality tempo. But that would be a bit creepy. So I never do it. But I, I, you can see it. Watch how fast people train. Okay? Initiation. What the fuck does that mean? Initiation means you should probably start a movement contracting the target muscle first. Not something else. A really good example is a lat pulldown. So for those watching on YouTube, it's this. I mean, you should all know what a lat pulldown is. Most people initiate that movement with their arms, not their lats. So their lats kind of get a little bit of a free ride, which is why most people's backs are pretty poor. Or most people would also say they find it difficult to really connect with their lats. And I, and I did for years, years and years and years, I struggled. And the weight went up and the effort went up. And I was like, this is just killing my arms. Yeah, why? Because I was initiating with my arms first. We've then got range. Okay? So we've then got range. In a given movement, what range should we be, should we be using? Now, there is the potential range of a joint. So, you know, my arm flexes all the way out until my arm is straight and then it will... Uh, so it extends all the way arm until it's straight, and it will flex all the way until my bicep touches my my um my forearm. That's the range of the joint. Is it necessarily the working range of the bicep? 
we can argue yes or no. Is it the most optimal? Now, that depends on how I've set my body up and what the goal of the movement is. Point here is you don't need to work to the range of the joint, I would suggest. You need to work to the working range of the muscle when it is constantly under tension. The moment you do a movement, and I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, okay, let, uh, imagine, I, I'll give the examples at the end, actually. But actually, no, for this, I'll give an example now. Okay, why not? We're here. We're all here. Let's do it now. So imagine a you're stood up and you're going to do a dumbbell side raise, right? So we're stood up. We've got two dumbbells in a hand, in a hand one dumbbell in each hand, and we're going to do a side raise. Now, most people, or you'd see a lot of people, bring the dumbbells together in front of them. Yeah, can you picture that? So the dumbbells are together in front of them, and then they lift them out to their sides, right? Out to that. They're now out and like, like a T, yeah? Right? That's a dumbbell side raise. Now, the delt, if the dumbbells are hanging, literally, if the dumbbells are hanging straight down, given that they're just pulling my arm down through the socket of you know, my shoulder, are my delts now under tension, contractile tension? No. So why would I use that element of the range of a dumbbell side raise? Would it not be better if I stopped my arm maybe two or three inches out from fully vertical down? So now my side delt is having to just slightly stop my arm from falling into my leg. Range makes a massive difference. Sometimes we need to use a full range of motion. Sometimes a slightly smaller range of motion can be really smart because one, it can protect joints. Two, it can keep a muscle under tension and essentially make a lighter weight a lot more fucking difficult. And that would be very smart. So why does this even matter? Because it's fairly technical, right? A lot of people just want to go into the gym and just throw weights around and feel, you know, maybe that's alpha to people, right? Maybe going in the gym and screaming and shouting makes them feel alpha. I couldn't think of anything opposite. There's no mindfulness about that. So why, why, why does exercise execution even matter? Well, do you want results? Do you? Do you want results from your training? I speak to a lot of people and they want to train and they want to train a certain way. And then when I ask them out, why well, do you want results? They're like, well, yeah, of course I do. And then I'm like, well, okay, consider doing things differently. If you just want to go in the gym and waste your time and waste your effort, then train how the fuck you like makes no difference to me. I can tell you changing your body is hard. It's difficult, especially building muscle. Dropping fat is a lot easier than building muscle. It happens a lot quicker. It's easier to do. Building muscle is far more difficult, it's far more challenging. Your body does not want to change. Your body does not want to change. Your body wants something called homeostasis. It wants basically the same all of the time. It doesn't want to use unnecessary energy to build muscle. Your body does not want to use up unnecessary energy to build muscle. It's a very calorically expensive process. Your body doesn't particularly want to do it. Your body only has two, as far as I'm aware, evolutionary goals only two your body is only trying to do two things on an evolutionary level one fucking stay alive and two pass on your genes that's it that's it everything else is underneath those two core goals of a human being 
There is so many other things that's going on, but think about it. Roll it back as far as you possibly can. Distill it as far as you can. What is your body trying to do? Keep you alive, pass on your genes. It does not give a fucking hoot how jacked you want to look, how shredded you want to be, how big you want your biceps. Couldn't fucking care less. Couldn't care less. So your body is always trying to be efficient. Your body is trying to be efficient in everything that it does, okay? And building muscle requires us to be inefficient. Example, let's take... Uh, let's take a tricep extension. So we're now stood at a cable, right? We have locked, we have locked our arm beside us, and we've got something in our hand, and we are pushing it down in front of us, aren't we? Right? Rope, bar, whatever. A tricep extension. We have locked our whole body in stone and forced our body to use one joint, one muscle. Right? We are. We can extend our elbow and contract our tricep. Now, I don't know about you, that's very inefficient. That's a very inefficient use of my body. If my goal was to push said thing down, I could pull on it. I could literally hang off it and pull it down. There are so more, more efficient ways I could use my body to do that movement. Yet if we want our triceps to get better, we are finding the most inefficient way to do the movement. It's the most efficient way to build muscle, but the most inefficient way to do a movement. So you've got you you have to put your body in a position where it has no fucking choice but to change. So most people's form they are allowing themselves to become efficient at the movement because the movement's hard, it's heavy, like it's getting more difficult certainly towards the end of a set people start to their form starts to degrade. Because because that part of their everything inside their body is going, why are you making this so fucking difficult when if you just allowed us to use all these other muscles, we could make it a lot easier for you? And if you haven't if one, if you don't understand that and you haven't thought about it, you don't think about it. You're you're now basically swinging your arms up and down trying to do a tricep extension. Your elbows moving in and out, you're kind of half using a lap to pull your arm down, you're leaning on the fucking thing, your triceps sitting there going, this is a piece of piss. Like I'm not having to do any work at all. That is that is exercise execution. You've got to put your body in a position where it has no, no other alternative but to adapt. And your body will adapt. Your body is an adaption machine, but only when you put it in the right circumstances. And we create those circumstances through, now going back over all the things we've been talking about, we create those circumstances through the split the, 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 the weekly split that you've created in terms of your programming, your exercise selection, the volume, the frequency, the intensity, and then the execution of the whole thing. All of that stuff put together, finally, if used correctly, will put your body in a position where it's like, I've got, I've got to keep up with the demand being placed on me. I must get stronger. I must build muscle. I must get fitter, faster, whatever the thing is. So let's just try and give a few very brief examples of a few things that come to mind. So a really good example here of, um, I would say, something to watch out for or things that I see. In terms of simple exercise execution, so think of a leg press. I, I do use a leg press a lot, but we can all picture a leg press. One, how high up do you put the seat, like as in the, the, the backrest? I tend to put it as far down behind me as possible, which means I get better. My depth is easier to get to. I will, I, will, I will generally leg press lower than most people, pretty much, because I've learned that's how I've built my fucking quads. 
because I don't go I don't go to 90 degrees at the knee I go way past that but not too far past that then I start to get a curling in my lower back and the and the the tension comes off my quads but first of all I'm going to put the seat generally speaking as far back as possible for me for me and my body and my structure and my back and so on and my my my, my hip mobility that works for me all right the next thing I see a lot of people do is what they do with their fucking hands like some people have got their hands on their chest. Some people put their hands on their head. No, grab the fucking handles or something on the side of the seat and pull yourself into the seat. Otherwise, if, if I leg pressed with my hands just floating around, my body would be unstable, very unstable. One, that's dangerous. Two, I'm now a raft. I'm now a cannon on a raft. I'm not as stable as I could be. So when I leg press, my torso, my body, everything from my hips up, is locked in stone. It does not move. I am pushed into the seat as hard as I can, both from the weight above me, but my hands are pulling me into the seat. Now, now I've, that's all That's all dealt with. That's my stability. That's my setup. All those things are done. The initiation is I'm driving through the whole of my feet and I'm thinking about contracting my quads. I'm not thinking about just pushing the, the plate up away from me. I'm thinking about contracting my quads and I do not straight, straighten my leg the whole way out. One, safety. Two, I need to keep, or I want to keep the tension on the quads. I want my quads to feel every fucking inch of that rep and I want to be in control of every inch of that rep. So the depth works for me, the tempo. Tempo, generally speaking for me, and this works across the board, when I contract, it takes a second. When I I'm on the when I'm when I'm lowering a weight, I try to count three. So it's normally one on the way away, and then three, two, one on the way down for a leg press. Now that means I'm in control. Now picture how many people are going one, 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 one. Like that's bullshit. Bullshit reps. One away on a leg press, second away, or you know, whatever it takes you to push it away and then really fucking slow the thing down on the way down and then pause and then push. Use the negative part of any movement to your advantage. It's where you're strongest. You'll do the most amount of mechanical damage in that, in that area as well. Now, let's think of something like a preacher curl. And now or let's think of a bicep curl because there's another little area that I wanted to touch on very quickly here, which is when we were talking about range, in terms of a, a muscle's working range, we could put it into three parts. Mid-range, fully shortened, fully lengthened. If we pick an exercise, generally speaking, it's going to fall into one of those categories. Let's take a bicep curl. Now, if I'm standing with a barbell in front of me and just curling a barbell up in front of me, that is most definitely mid-range because it's where my arms live. I'm not fully contracting the muscle fully and I'm not fully lengthening the muscle. Okay? It's mid-range. Now, if I wanted to fully contract my bicep, and here's a lesson. Learn where to put your body to, to know when you have fully contracted a muscle. Because your goal, your goal will always be at some point to fully, fully, fully contract a muscle. Get it as short as possible. Now, interestingly, think of where you would put your arm if I said to you, stretch your tricep out. Right, you've just you've just done something. You've done a tricep workout. Right, go and stretch your triceps. What would you do? You'd put your arm in the air. You'd bend your hand down behind your back. You'd grab your elbow and you'd pull, probably your arm sort of towards your head. Right? Can you picture that? 
Right, so that's a fully lengthened, that's where you're stretching. So that's a fully lengthened tricep. Well, guess what's on the other side? Your biceps. So by default, that's now where a fully contracted bicep is. So shove your arm up in the air, right, above you. Imagine, so high up above you, you've kind of grabbed something up in the air. Now lock your elbow in stone and now curl something behind your head. That's where you would fully contract your bicep. That's fully contracted. Mechanically, that is where you'd fully contract it. Give or take a few nuances, but that's basically how you do it. So you need to learn, if we're going to train a bicep, one, yes, curling something out in front in terms of that execution would be great. But then also, arms straight up in the air, curl something behind your head, keeping your elbow facing up in the air. That's fully contracted. Now, where would fully lengthened be? If imagine you were lying on a bench, so you're lying on a bench going to do something a little bit like an inclined dumbbell press, right? So that kind of bench. Now bring the bench up a little bit higher. So you're sort of looking up at the, you're looking up to the top end of the mirror type thing, right? Now let your arms hang down behind you. So now you're lying on a bench and your arms are sort of hanging down towards the floor and they're behind your torso, yeah? Theoretically, if you get that set up right, that's where your foot, if you keep pushing that backwards, eventually that's where you get a fully lengthened bicep and by default that's where you would fully contract a tricep so now we would do something called an incline bicep curl so you can probably picture yourself on a bench feet out in front of you you're sort of lying at 45 degrees your arms are now locked behind you and then you curl the bicep up so you're now training your bicep from the lengthened position so within our execution there are nuances of okay well where are we going to train a muscle are we looking to train it fully lengthened, fully shortened, or mid-range? Now, at some point through your training, through your week, you should hit all three. You should always get something fully shortened. You should always train something something fully lengthened. And there's like the chance of you not training something in the mid-range is pretty much fucking impossible. But it should be all of those areas. And then what you want to do is think about Everything that I've just said through this particular episode in terms of then the stability, the initiation, the tempo, all of these things then start to get layered on top. Right. That's going to do for today. So hopefully that's been a little bit of an interesting bonus. I think we went off on a little bit of a tangent, but I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, If you did enjoy it and you've got some benefits, some use from this, great. That's awesome. I, I hope that you have. Give us a five-star review. Maybe you'll get a shout-out at the beginning of the next episode. Be sure to subscribe, download an episode. I would appreciate you. For now, Alphas, be alpha as fuck, and I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. We hope that you feel motivated to start making changes in your life so you can see those results that you've been wanting to achieve. Remember, you can do anything you set your mind to. If you love the show, please leave us a five-star review and make sure you tell your friends. If you'd like to connect with Andy, you can find him on Instagram at Andy underscore Nailer underscore Pure underscore Elite underscore Pro. I'll leave a link in the show notes as well. Talk to you again soon.